Welcome to Real Talk with Regina D. I'm your host, Regina D. On today's episode, I have an amazing young man that stopped by to join us today. He's a self-published author. He has a company called Snur Stories. He published two books, The Jewels of Faith and The Sword of Sword. First published novel, The Jewels of Faith, he started right at the age of seven and worked on his first book for over five years and published his first novel at the age of 17 in September 2020. The Jewels of Faith was announced as the top 10 finalists for the Author Elite Awards in the fantasy category. Now, the second published novel, The Sword of Sorrent, was released a few years later. He began writing this book shortly before COVID, and it published in August 2022. I'm so excited to have this young man on the show with me today. Welcome to the show, Tyler Snow. How's it going, Tyler? I'm good. How are you? Doing good, doing good. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to stop by and talk with me. No problem. Happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me on the show. You're welcome. So let me ask you a question. How did you find your purpose and gift at such a young age? I would say mostly due to my family. They always really encouraged me right from a young age to pursue what I was passionate about and what I wanted in life and not be limited by restrictions such as age and things like that. So at a really, really young age, it was easy to figure out what I wanted out of life and easy to find the motivation to go after that right away. So you started creatively writing at the age of seven. Mm -hmm. When you started writing at such a young age, did you know then you had a gift or was it a passion that later on you found out you had a gift? That's a tough question because as a seven-year-old, I feel like you're not mature enough to kind of really think that deeply yet. But I knew when I started like writing around the age of seven that I enjoyed it. I don't know if I would have realized it is a gift back then. I don't know if I would have called it my passion back then, but I do remember thinking there's something here for sure. I really enjoy doing this. And it actually started as writing stories about my friends in like kindergarten and grade one. And then it slowly evolved from there. Why do you think reading is so important? For a variety of reasons. In terms of for writers, I think it's the best way to practice or get a feel for the genre you want to write, to really understand what good writing is by reading the classics and authors who have been doing it for years. From a non-writing standpoint, there's so many benefits to our mental health. There's so many benefits to our emotional health. Studies actually show but you can find statistics about this all over the internet, but studies show that people who read more are actually more empathetic with those around them, which is really cool because we form relationships with these characters that aren't real, but then it somehow helps us with the, our real relationships in the real world. So there's so many different benefits to reading. And I know I experienced a lot of those when I was you know, starting out at the age of seven. I think I started reading maybe like couple of years before that, but like the age of six. But I remember how it helped me with my vocabulary and my school and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, you said something that was very important that you read other writers' books. And that's kind of the way I look at things when I do motivational speaking. I follow a lot of motivational speakers just to find out what they do, how they do it, how they craft things. And I think mm -hmm. that's really important. What challenges did you face being such a young author? Definitely dealing with the stigma that you have to wait until you're older before you can do anything worthwhile or important or the idea that you have to follow a set path so you know you go through elementary school then you go to high school and then once you graduate high school you go to college or university or maybe the trades 
but there's a certain like system that you have to follow. And then once you go through all of those steps, then, you know, you're considered, you know, doing something worthwhile for the economy or for providing for your family and all of that. So I really struggled with that in the beginning. And then as I got momentum going, I really learned to block out those voices. And it was people who have spoken into my life that have told me that people who are critics, you just don't listen to because they're either not in your inner circle providing you advice, or they don't understand reading, writing, owning a business, all of that. So why would you listen to their opinion? So it, it took me a while to really like block that out. But once I did, it made all the difference. Yeah, you're correct about that. I always tell people when you have a burning inside of you for something, you need to go for it. Absolutely. And don't worry about what people say at all, because at the end of the day, it's your vision, it's your purpose, and it's your gift, not theirs. Absolutely. So let's talk about the first novel, The Jewels of Faith. What was that about? Well, I have it here with me right now. So it is about a boy. He finds out his whole life's a lie. Uh, when teenagers start disappearing all over New York, he learns that magic is real and there's a world called Echinacea that's full of it. Not only that, but he gets summoned by their queen to carry out a secret request. And this was my first one in the series that I published just under four years ago now. Now, I'm going to mess with you on this. This book, The Jewels of Faith, is over 400 pages, right? It is just under 400 pages. I believe just it's under 400 pages. 387. Okay. Oh, no, 392. I was close. 400. <laughs> 400. <pretty> 400. <laughs> so this is what amazes me. Most people, when they go get a book and it's 400 pages, some people just put it back on the shelf because it's a lot of book. Yeah. It's intimidating. They don't feel like they have the time to do it mm -hmm. or what have you. Then you have people who get some book with those many pages and they'll start reading them because the book gets stale somewhere along the way. Mm -hmm. And they just stop reading it and things like that. But your book, The Jewels of Faith, people are saying great things about it. As a matter of fact, let me read a couple of reviews I have here. One reads, Tyler has clearly established himself as a talented author with his first novel, The Jewels of Faith. His creativity absolutely shines through the fantasy's characters, their unique language, and the kingdom. His compelling writing will find you engrossed in the adventure from beginning to end. I applaud Tyler and eagerly await the next promising book in his series. Then another one reads, draws you in from the beginning. If you love Harry Potter, Twilight, or Percy Jackson, this is a must read. Any fan of fantasy books should pick up The Jewels of Fate. Now, 400 pages. I'm trying to figure out when you write in, how can you stay that creative that long? How does that work? I'm not a writer, so I really don't understand. But I'm like, God, man, you've got to really be bringing it up. Well, there's a few strategies, and I talk about them in author presentations that I do in schools, as well as the coaching program that I'm in the middle of launching. But a few of them would definitely be understanding the pace of a novel. So when I'm reading, and let's say the novel is 500 pages, there are certain milestones that you have to hit by the 100-page mark, by the 250-page mark, you know, the 400-page mark, like the end of the book, in order to keep the reader engaged. And like you said, like if a book becomes stale and drags on too long and nothing's happening, then a reader is going to put it down. So one of my strategies is focusing on outline so I can really see the beats of the story and when does one act lead into the next act and where might there be a part of the story where it does get stale and, and how can I fix that? So right from the beginning, that was something I really, really focused on because I wanted to make sure that 
no one read my book and got bored by page 200 because nothing was happening. Right. So let's talk about the second novel, The mm -hmm. Sword of Sword. What was that book about? So The Sword of Sorrent is a continuation of the trilogy. It is about same characters, except it's more of a different setting. So as you can see from the cover, it's got a bit of like an icy, uh, rocky kind of cavernous feel to it. And that's one of the main settings of the second book. So they travel to this, it's called the Uncharted Frostlands. And it's this vast open space with nothing but ice and rocks and caves and all of that in order to find an ancient object can break a spell. And it does reference a lot from the first book, The Jewels of Fate. So I recommend, obviously, since it's a series, starting with the first book and then moving into The Sword of Sauron. Okay. So let me ask you this, Tyler. Where does the creativity come from? It's like you lay in the bed one night and you dream about something, or as you're going throughout your day, you just start thinking about stuff, or does it come from a lot of different places? It definitely comes from a lot of different places, but it's funny you mentioned that because I'm notorious for when I'm doing something else, like maybe I'm doing the dishes or maybe like I wake up in the middle of the night or something like that, or I'm out of the house and I'm away from my computer or notebook. And that's when an idea pops into my head. And then it's tough to remember that idea until I get back to my computer. For whatever reason, that constantly happens to me. And then when I'm sitting on my computer in the brainstorming phase thinking, okay, now it's time to hash this out, then it takes a while for the juices to flow. So it's hard to pinpoint one specific inspiration that I have. I say it's a culmination of all the books that I read growing up. I was a huge fan of Harry Potter, or still I am to this day. I read Percy Jackson as a kid, The Hunger Games, Diversion Series, Maze Runner. All these books, I feel like in some way influenced this series, or at least a little part of it, but I wouldn't be able to pinpoint like one specific moment that inspired the whole book. Right. You wrote one novel during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Was that different, a kind of weird feeling during a pandemic where everything was kind of like on lockdown or things like that? I don't know how bad Canada was. I know we were here in the United States. Mm -hmm. Was it difficult writing during that time or was it more of like, hey, I've got this time on my hand and I'm going to go for it? How did that play out? Absolutely. So we were in lockdown, like a huge portion of COVID. And I mean, like the whole time I was writing the sort of strength, it was very challenging in terms of the pandemic. I found time was interesting because when COVID hit, I was just finishing my grade 12 year of high school. And there were so many responsibilities and projects I had to focus on in order to graduate properly, right? So it became hard to find the time to write, but I still kept at it because I knew I really wanted to get the second book written. And then once the summer came and school was done, then it became easier because there was nowhere to go. Unfortunately, you couldn't do a lot of the normal summer activities that a lot of people like to do. So I found that's when the writing of the sort of strength suddenly accelerated. And then it slowed again once I started university in September. In terms of like a few of the challenges it's funny because one of the themes in the Sword of Sorinth is isolation. And I didn't really realize that until I'd finished the first draft and kind of look back on it. But it was kind of funny how all of the characters in the Sword of Sorinth, or at least the main ones, they're all kind of on their own separate journeys, facing their own paths. And they're not really like connected to each other as much as they are in the first one. And of course, there's reasons for that that are in the book. But it was funny because I feel like that was maybe 
subconsciously reflected on how a lot of us were feeling isolated and we couldn't see each other as much as we wanted. And for me personally, that appeared in my writing and I didn't even realize it until later on. So let me ask you this. You turned your gift of writing into a small business. Mm -hmm. uh, how did you do that? Talk to me a little bit about that. Absolutely. So first off, I'd like to say any writer owns a business. Writing is a business. Being an author makes you an entrepreneur, especially if you're in the self-publishing world, because once you hit publish and then you start promoting your book, it's no different than um, a CEO marketing a product of a company. So it's really cool when I realized that because I didn't make that connection until I started in the summer company program back in 2019 before I even published The Jewels of Fate. So that's when Snur Stories became a business. That's when I realized that authors are business owners. And then over the years, I've kind of expanded my business to other avenues other than writing. For example, I mentioned I'm a writing coach now. So I have a coaching program that I'm in the middle of launching. I do school visits and speaking, which is another form of revenue and like a business model. I'm also a screenwriter. So I have a screenplay that I just finished and I'm now waiting on until the writer strike finishes so I can start sending that out again. So I feel like it's also when you treat a novel like a business and when an author considers himself a business owner, it's so much easier to do all of those marketing activities. It's so much easier to become an entrepreneur because that's what it takes to sell books. Absolutely. So you mentioned the summer company. That's mm -hmm. an entrepreneurial program, right? Yes. So you were selected as one of the finance mm -hmm. for this program. I read that. Mm -hmm. So where can people purchase your books? So you can purchase them on Amazon. The Jewels of Fate and the Sword of Surrend. Just type them into Amazon search and they will come up or my name, Tyler Snur. You can purchase them if you are in the Southern Ontario area. There's a number of bookstores that carry them, including Kohl's at the Penn Center in the area that I live. Like I mentioned, I also sell them at schools. So if you are listening and you are a teacher or a principal or an event organizer, I'd love to come speak at your event or your school and bring a few copies of books with me that I can hand sign. That's the cool thing about events like that. I sign them and I write a little message in them. But those are a few of the ways that you can purchase. I want everybody to know that he participates in book events, conferences, and festivals, both virtual and in person. Mm -hmm. Tyler, in the last two minutes, what would you say to people who have the gift of writing and would like to write and publish a book? I would say... Don't wait, don't wait. And whether that's because maybe you're young and you believe that you have to wait until you're older to start your career or make a difference in the world, that's a lie. Don't believe it. Age is just a number. Definitely go for it at a young age. Or maybe on the other end of the spectrum, you'd like to write, but you have a full-time job. And I would just like to say that that's a lie too. You can always learn to pursue what you're passionate about, even if you have a job, even if you have so many responsibilities. And I'm actually hosting a masterclass in a couple of weeks that kind of touches on that, focuses on the first chapter, how to write a good solid first chapter, why the first chapter is so important, and how to start writing a novel when you are either in school or working a full-time job. So if that's you, I'd love to invite you to my event happening on June 27th. Yeah, that's my biggest advice. Just go for it. Awesome. So how can people follow your journey and find you on social media? So I'm on all the social medias, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, YouTube. My handle is at Snur Stories. 
You can also visit my website, www.snurfstories.com, and my email. Uh, feel free to reach out and email me, uh, info at snurfstories.com. There you have it. Tyler Snurf. You heard it from him. You're never too young to start. You're never too young to start. Starting early gives you an advantage, believe it or not. It does. Tyler, thank you so much, man, for stopping by and spending time with us. I know you're a busy guy, but I really appreciate this opportunity. Absolutely. Thanks for tuning in to Real Talk with Reginald D. If you enjoyed the show, please share with anyone you feel that needs to take this journey with us on being a better you. See you next time.